I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like, how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that (laughs) then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's, it's so real to this day. I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? (laughs) We did it guys. One that came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Hello, my name is Demetrius. Jason's out today, but you are listening to Spaces Podcast Express. Thank you for coming back, everybody. Today we have a guest joining us. he is the co-founder and creative director of Hendrix Churchill, an architecture and interior design firm based in Sharon, Sharon, Connecticut. Please help me welcome Rafe Churchill. <laughs> Rafe, thank you for joining me. You bet. How, how are you? Good. How are you? Good, good, good. I'm, I'm excited about this. It's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I like I like this format a lot because it's uh, there's a lot of pressure because it's short form, uh, so you got to get those questions and uh, answers out pretty quick. So, um, right, all right. But but thanks thanks again for joining me. Um, touched a little talked a little bit about the company, or at least just a background of where where you're located. But uh, let us know a little bit about uh, Hendrix Hendrix Churchill. Sure. Uh, Hendrix Churchill, uh, we're based in Sharon, Connecticut. That's a pretty small town, about two hours outside of New York City. And um, I own the firm with my wife, Heidi Hendrix. She's an interior designer. And there's, uh, there's about 15 of us in the firm. And our work, uh, yeah, primarily, we're within like a five or six hour radius of our office. So we're up in Maine. We're out on Block Island, Nantucket, parts all over Connecticut, the Hudson Valley, definitely in Manhattan and Brooklyn. And um, we're currently in Austin, Texas, uh, and, and Wichita, Kansas. 
Okay. Um, and the firms evolved over time. You know, originally it was I had my own firm and my, my wife had hers, and then we merged about four years ago. Cool. Uh, what What are you guys working on primarily? Is it mostly housing, commercial, both? That's it's mostly uh, residential, um, single family, and they tend to be second homes. Okay. So. Uh... A little bit uh, higher income, probably. A little more fun projects. They're a little more fun, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. You know, we, we try to pair ourselves with the right projects and the right clients. Um, but they tend to, you know, it doesn't mean they're all big, you know, they, they aren't all big projects, you know. Some of them are smaller, um, but, uh, but they're all good projects. And so if, if it happens to be five hours away, we'll, we'll still take it. Yeah. Sure. Um, do you have, you know, what, what makes your firm stand out? What, what do you guys have sort of a niche as far as style or um, is it a service thing? What makes your company sort of stand out? You know, that's a question that we probably all ask like ourselves, <laughs> you know, like how, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get noticed? And um, to tell you the truth, I just kind of like went into this doing our thing, you know, and we just like, we, we happened to get the right clients at the right time and they wanted, they literally saw what we did and said, I want that. I want that. And then a couple of, couple of really good clients with some strong personalities and, we started, you know, started to collaborate really well. And, you know, so the, so the focus of the firm has evolved very much in part because of our clients. Right. So, um, I'd say that we're definitely collaborating with our clients. It's not just a service relationship. Mm -hmm. And because of that, that's going to keep us, you know, to a certain size, Mm -hmm. which I think is nice. I mean, we're at 15 right now and I kind of, think that's a good place to cap it um because we want it to be fun you know and after 15 people like (laughs) how 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 are you going to find 15 people that you want to spend six hours in a car with you know like you really gotta you know if you want that that good group you got to be careful um and the same thing with clients like if you you know i mean after 10 clients a two-year period you know, you know, they aren't all going to be great. So you got to be careful, like make sure you're hanging out with people they want to spend time with. <laughs> um, but as far as what we do, we do a lot of, uh, a lot of renovations, uh, but probably just as many new constructions and people that come to us for a new construction. Ultimately they're looking for a new old house. Um, they want to, they want all the benefits of the uh, historic, charm and authenticity but they'd like it a little less crooked and a little less drafty Uh, some people are coming in you know they're wanting to talk about sustainability and higher performance envelopes and uh, heating systems and but um you know every once in a while though somebody's coming in and saying i love this i want this historic thing but come on, can you guys loosen up a little bit? Can we have a little fun and do something a little more modern? And yeah, I mean, right now we're doing a, 
uh, a decent project. Uh, it's, it's actually a great project in Kansas where it's a Tudor style house built in 1929. And we're going to do it as a totally authentic renovation. And the addition is totally, totally modern. Flat roof, green roof, solar, uh, glass box elements. It's sweet. Um, but, you know, if I told you we did do old houses and then I told you that we do that, you'd wonder if you were talking to the same guy. Yeah. Um, but that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bridge the, the two. And our firm, if you look at, like, who's working with us, we have just that. We've got old school classicists and we've got young, young people who, who want to do modern. Um, and we make them hang out. You're talking about your employees or your clients? Yeah. Both. Well, uh, the, the employees, okay. you know, I think the strength of our staff is that we, we have people who strictly are classicists. Like that, that's it. They are doing classical architecture if you squeeze them, they'll go traditional, they'll go vernacular, but it is, it's pretty, it's pretty rigorous. And then, uh, you know, I like to hire younger people too. Um, not saying that classicists are limited but, you know, to, to a certain age group, mm -hmm. but um, that's who we're working with right now. So we have a nice range uh, age-wise and I love hiring like recent grads. You know, we've got a couple out of RISD, Columbia, and, um, you know, they, they want to have some fun um, <laughs> and do, they do some modern stuff. Although we've had some good luck finding younger people who want to do traditional and classical. Really? And I love to do that. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> who would have thought? But they're out there and they're, they're, they're eager to do it. So That's interesting. We're happy to have them. What, um, what is it about a young employee that... Um, that you find works for your firm? Um, well, young, it would be in their 20s, right? Mm -hmm. Just out of school, um, 20s to early 30s. Um, and I just love having young people in the office for starters, right? And their willingness to try new things, their desire to learn, and their level of comfort with, with technology. Plus, aesthetically, like they're bringing a lot of things to the table that may not be as rigorous. You know, it, it, it may not be something that they've studied. It's not as rigorous, but it's more intuitive. And, you know, like one of the most important things for us is we want to hire people who aren't just, you know, kind of straight up architects. We want people who, who are design enthusiasts. We want, and we, you know, we've got a couple people that are first, they're artists. And so, you know, my background in, in visual arts and sculpture, but, and architecture, I want people who are walking in and they're not looking at this and talking strictly about molding profiles and proportions, yeah. but I want them like talking about evoking an emotional response. Yeah. And that's an artist. That's an artist. And you, if you could find a young person who, who's an artist, but also has an interest in architecture, I think you're going to really have something there. Is but it's a lot of work. I mean, you, you, know, you, you aren't going to just be like, you know, here's the program, here, you know, here's your project architect, have fun and work together. Like, you're collaborating. You're, you're literally, you're hanging out with these people and you're working together. 
Yeah. It's not. You don't just give them an address and you know ask them how it's going in a week. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, the reason I ask is because uh, there's that catch-22, like you're alluding to. There's that energy uh, with a young employee, but then that's there's that learning curve that you also have to accommodate for. Is that yeah? Is that um, do you find that challenging? Well, um, I would say that uh, if I didn't have to run the company and like you know do all that stuff, <laughs> I'd have more time to do it. But um, I really enjoy spending time with all the employees, and uh, I don't find it challenging because you just got to take it apart. You know, like every house, every project has its process, its pieces, and if they're getting in that schematic and you're writing and, and they're helping you put together the design brief and outlining the design program, you're walking them right through it. We've had a couple of young people start, you know, you know, basically straight out of school and, you know, within two years, they're, they are flying high. They're doing really well. And, um, you know, the red lines are fewer and fewer. I mean, they really are catching on. Um, you know, you got to hire motivated people. Yeah. They, have, they have to be disciplined. Yeah. You know, art or not, you want to be successful. You got to get to work hard. Yeah. Uh, and then the second part of that that I was going to ask is, are you finding with younger staff that you're learning from them as well? Uh, you mentioned technology a little bit earlier. Are you finding that? Yeah. E or even if you're not directly learning per se, your your company is moving up a little bit, learning something as a as a business. Right. I, I would say that um, I would say that the firm as a whole is definitely influenced by having um, a younger staff. And we're also probably 60 percent women on staff, which I think is hugely important. So our goal is to uh, focus on keeping it equitable at the very least. Um, if we can contribute to a diverse staff, uh, that, that's great. Um, and then younger people. So you know, there's a few boxes that we're looking to, to check off and we're doing it yeah. and it's great and, um, and it's fun. And so I'm not going to say that like I, I, I finished my day and say, oh my goodness, that 23 year old taught me so much today. <laughs> but I will say, man, I had a good time yeah. working with that person and it feels good to share um, that, you know, my experiences and my knowledge in construction and design. Um, and, uh, it's just, it's just a good time. As far as technology goes, um, this may come as a surprise and I've had this discussion with a few people, but everybody thinks that like a 25 year old is going to be like there on the edge and is going to be totally familiar with technology and, you know, sure. Like they're pretty good. Yeah. But I, I've got a 17-year-old and a 14-year-old, and those are the ones who are teaching me things. <laughs> um, you know, they, I just, sometimes they're just like, geez, dad, like, what's your problem? Like, come on. Yeah. So, um, no, I, I'm kind of looking forward to 10 years from now where I can, where we're, we're pulling up, you know, or five years from now where we're pulling up 16 and 17-year-olds of today and uh, getting them as interns and, you know, recent grads because um, 
I'm hoping that they'll maintain that enthusiasm for, for technology. Yeah. How do you find, you mentioned you have sort of an art background. Um, one, what, what was that uh, background? And then sculpture. Two, yeah. Sculpture. Yeah. And Sorry. then, yeah. and then how does that influence your work or does it? It does. It does. I mean, like I grew up in a small rural town in Connecticut. I grew up in Woodbury, Connecticut. And when I was growing up there, it was probably 2,300 people. And there were 101 antique shops. So we, and I grew up in a barn house in a converted barn and my father was a builder. So that's a lot going on right there, (laughs) right? So the entire family, I mean, I was basically born a third generation builder. My brother today is still a builder. And I grew up in a converted barn house. We lived in houses that were renovated, probably 10 different houses. I grew up going to antique shops. I grew up going to museums. And I went to college and studied art. Mm -hmm. So you throw all that into the mix, and there's an appreciation for history and process and mechanical um, and textures and colors and finishes. And then I went to art school. So on top of all that, yeah, now, you know, for me, I want there to be a story. So if we're looking, if we're doing, you know, a so-called new old house, we're going to talk about what year do you think this house, you know, was built or is influenced from like, what's the precedent? What about that barn over there? Yeah. What about this kitchen addition? What about the shed? And we literally will do a drawing that like will show the evolution of the property. And we'll be like, you know, main house, 1830, barn, 1831, know, or barn, 1830, house, 1831. And then in addition, you know, 1905, you know, even in my, old, in my own house, it's kind of cool to like walk around the house and be like, oh, that's right. This was built here. That was built then. That barn was moved from down the street and now is my kitchen. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and the details of the house respond to that. So not that it's so much sculptural, but it is in a sense, because it is telling a story by your choice of materials and the composition and the scale and the proportion. It's as much architecture as it is sculpture, but you want to evoke an emotional response and you want to trigger something for the client. And even for the people that experience that like triggers, you you want the materials to, get them thinking about their grandmother's house or that summer on Maine or the year that they went to, you know, uh, uh, Vermont and worked on you know, a, a sheep farm and, you know, they spent a lot of time in the barn or something like that because we're drawing from totally real precedents. Yeah. It's not, you know, we're just not, it, you know, we aren't just like thumbing through books. We're actually, I'm saying, look, here's this building I want you to go look at over in Amenia, New York. Go check it out. I'll meet you there at three o'clock. We're going to photograph it. We're going to pull out tape measures. Yeah. And we're going to measure this thing. Yeah. Um, And we're going to sketch details while we're standing there. (laughs) Because if you want to learn something, you're going to sketch it while you're standing there. Don't just take pictures. Yeah. It's just like if you're doing a landscape, like, of course, sure, a lot of painters are going to take photos and go back to the studio. 
but you're going to do a study or two and try to capture the essence hmm. of either that landscape or that building while you, while you're there. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if you're approaching it that way, you are approaching it as an artist. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're not replicating. Sometimes you are, <laughs> but you're trying to capture the essence. And the only way you're going to do that is to, you know, uh, address it on many levels. Yeah. Right. I mean, the form, the proportion, the scale and the materials. Yeah. Makes total sense. Um, so we're up against it already. That went by fast. <laughs> <laughs> so Rafe, uh, yeah. one, one last thing is, uh, where can people find, uh, more information about you and follow Hendrix Churchill? Um, any social media that you want to promote or anything like that? Yeah. So we're on Instagram. So, um, you know, it's just Hendrix Churchill and uh, our website is HendrixChurchill.com. And we're always, as far as Instagram grows, we're always keeping up uh, pretty active and uh, hoping to see a growing uh, following. Um, and we keep you updated on press and um, any new projects and photos from the field and, uh, and the website, we're developing a new website right now. I hope to have that up in the next few months. Okay, cool. And then I wanted to mention, uh, you just recently completed a longer form interview with Mark LePage at Entre Architect. Um, so you can check him out there if you want to hear more from Rafe. Um, you can just go to gablemedia.com, G-A-B-L media.com. It has all of our shows there. And you can just jump over to Entre Architect there. Um, but Rafe, thank you so much. Um, love chatting with you. That flew by. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was fast. But thanks a lot. That was a good time. Yeah, thank you so much. And for our listeners, make sure that you check out our episode that came out yesterday. Um, and we will talk again on Tuesday. This show is part of the Gable Media Network. You can check out similar content at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L media.com. You can help support what we're doing here by leaving a five-star rating and a review on your preferred podcasting app. It helps others find us, and your support is the only way that this show grows. And don't forget to connect with us through our Facebook community, Instagram, and see the random thoughts and articles that we share on Twitter and LinkedIn. Thank you again for spending some time with us. Talk soon.
Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK, the three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm.